there in the back we have some postcards and you'll see here some informations or uh, social media so you can see what we are doing around the world and the, I always post video lives when I'm in India, in Israel, Jordan, Japan, wherever I am I always try to post video lives and also we'll have this beautiful material that I, I always bring from India that is to help to support the house that we have there so as you see is it nice? And it's not from China. Really, it's from India. I brought it, so, I, I, so it's from India. So when you get one of those, you are going to be blessing uh, those kids. I always start with a pray, prayer. And uh, if you allow me, I want you to start to pray. I never, I never did. I think it's going to be the first time. I want you to do it in my, first, in my, my mother language. So you'll be able to hear what, what we are going to speak in heaven. No, 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 no. Okay, just close your eyes. Pai, no nome de Jesus. Eu te agradeço, Senhor, por este momento maravilhoso na qual estamos na tua presença, Senhor. Te peço, ó Espírito Santo, que o Senhor tenha toda a liberdade neste lugar. Espírito de Deus, vem sobre este lugar, venha sobre minha vida. Que o Senhor possa ministrar os nossos corações neste momento. Eu oro, Senhor, que toda distração se vá neste momento no nome de Jesus. Ó Espírito de Deus, eu oro que o Senhor venha tocar cada coração, venha ministrar no mais íntimo das nossas vidas, Senhor. Fala conosco, ministra as nossas vidas, Senhor. É o que eu te peço, Senhor, e te agradeço no nome in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, Isa, Jesus, Amen and Amen. How is that? Is, is, is it not beautiful? I think it's, it's going to be the heavenly language. Uh, Portuguese is my first language. Uh, some people say that it's very difficult to speak Portuguese, but Portuguese is the easiest language to learn. Really. I learned it since a child. <laughs> Then my second language is Spanish. My third language is English. My, it's, not, it's not my fourth language because I'm not fluently. I, I can communicate it, but I'm not fluently. Hindi. And then I speak in tongues. So all of us, we need at least to be bilingual here in the church. Amen. Uh, there is a word that God put in my heart to share tonight. And I know that God is going to speak powerfully. God is going to speak with you. Something that I'm always thinking about the church when I go and preach in the church, I always think and say, what's the reason for us to exist? Not just us as a body, but as a church. What's the reason for us to exist as a church? It's just for us to gather here once in a week, twice in a week, to celebrate, to sing some songs and go home. Or what is the real purpose for us to exist? And then I start to, I, I, I love the Bible. I really, I enter in the Bible and I read it. I, I really love it in the God is, God is speaking with me a lot from uh, December till now. 
And when I was hearing this part of this mass, of this, of this verse, this was in my heart for a long time. I said, Lord, that's it. This is the reason. This is the reason for us to exist. If you go with me in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, and we are going to read from the verse 13 and verse 15. Maybe the version that you are reading, if you are reading the King James, New King James, is going to be a little bit different of what I'm reading. But in Acts chapter 13, verse 13 to 15, it says, Paul and his companions then left Paphos by ship for Pamphylia, landing at the port town of Persia. There John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. But Paul and Barnabas traveled inland to Antioch of Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they went to the synagogue for the services. After the reading for the law and the prophets. Just to stop here for a moment. These guys, they went for a mission. They knew what they wanted. And they say that they start to travel. They, want, they went to one place, another place. But something that amazed me here, that they, they didn't want to make some show or doing something, shouting in the streets. They say that they, when they arrived in one place, they stopped there, they sat there, and they, was just, they were just there listening. But I know for sure that the, Paul was praying and said, Lord, give me an opportunity. And he was there just listening, seeing what is happening. And in this moment, they says, let, let's read again the verse uh, 15. And it says, after the reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue leaders sent word to them. Brothers, if you have a word of encouragement for the people, please speak. He was praying. He said, Lord, give him an opportunity. I, I want to say something. I want to share the word. But they were wise. They were quiet there and said, Lord, give him an opportunity. And then the opportunity came. The leaders, they say, Brothers, if you have a word of encouragement, please speak. A message of encouragement. A word of encouragement. The people are waiting for us to raise with this word of encouragement. Each one of us here. Doesn't matter if you came to Christ a month ago. Or if you were a believer for 30, 40, 50 years. Everybody here has a word of encouragement. Maybe we don't speak. Maybe we, we, we think that we don't have this word. We don't have this message of encouragement. But we do have. And there is a world outside. We don't need to go there to India. There is a world outside that is waiting. That is looking for people to come with this word of encouragement. I just heard this afternoon. That the, this place, Beckley. Is where is... is uh, how, how I put these words is a lot of young adults, teenager people died by overdose, by drugs. Why are they there? 
Something happened in their life. Maybe we blame them. Maybe we blame the society. Maybe we blame their fathers. Maybe we blame everybody. But you know what? They are there and they, I know for sure that they are there waiting for somebody to come with a word of encouragement. And we do have the word of encouragement. The people are waiting. The people here in this town, the people in the town, the, the surrounding towns, the people in, in this state, they are waiting for the church to raise up with this word of encouragement to go there to speak. And they are saying, if you have a word of encouragement, please, brothers, speak. Come on, put your hands to the Lord. Do not stay quiet. If God is giving opportunity for you, if God is giving a chance for you, don't you stay quiet. You have a word, you have a testimony, you have something to say to them. We cannot stay more here just uh, rejoicing, enjoying ourselves. We need to do something. We have a word, we have the message. We have the message, we have the word of encouragement. And when Paul heard this, when these leaders came to him and say. Brothers, do you have the word of encouragement? <laughs> Paul was saying, yes, I'm ready. I was expecting, I was waiting for this moment. I'm ready. And then, he's going to share the message. Why we don't share the message? Why we don't give the word of encouragement? Because we think that we don't have anything to tell. We think that say, well, but I'm not smart enough. Or I don't know much about, about the Bible. I don't know this. I don't know that. And uh, we stay quiet. We are living in a world today that, uh, especially in the church, that there is a lot of revelations. And the, is it good? I, I, I love, as, uh, as my, my mentor, Apostle uh, Ray was telling this morning about discovery. I, I love it to, to get deep in the word. I tried. But you know what? Sometimes, what I perceive, sometimes the people even, they don't understand. They don't understand. They don't know, they don't know what you are talking about. If I'm saying here in the church, imagine the people outside. And what is the message? Then Paul, he was waiting for this moment, so he stood up and he started to share. And he said, yes, yes, I do, I do have the message. Remember here, they just read the law and the prophets. So Paul, they say, wow, this guy is going to come with a new revelation. He's going to come with something amazing. And then we'll see in the verse 16. So Paul stood up. Just with his hand and said, Men of Israel and you Gentiles who fear God, listen. The God of these people, Israel, chose our ancestors and made the people great during their stay as foreigners in the country of Egypt. And with the up, uplifted arm, he, he led them out of it. And he, then he, he, he started going on and on and on. And what, you know what he was saying? The same thing that they just heard it. He was telling the same thing. But he had the message. He starts to, what we need to understand is he starts to captivate the people. He starts to say, you know, I know your language. I know what you were talking. So I, I know, I know. He was talking their language. 
But then, in the verse 32, if you skip to me in the verse 32 and verse 33, he says, And we proclaim for you the good news about the promise to our ancestors. What did he say? The good news. He didn't say the bad news. You know what? We, we accuse the people too much. We judge the people too much. I don't know who came with this, but uh, when I came to Christ, I heard this a lot of the people that was evangelizing the streets and say, You know what? Repent. If you don't repent, you are going to hell. Where is this written in the Bible? This is not a good news. Say that I'm going to hell. Are you with me? Amen. When Jesus started to preach, he said, Repent because the kingdom of God is closer to you. He didn't say you go to hell. We have the message. We have the good news. Not the bad news. So Paul, Paul came and said, yes, now I want to proclaim for you the good news about the promise to our ancestors. That this promise God has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus Christ. We have the message. And you know what? It's not a big revelation that many people want to hear or, or, or we, we want them to hear. But the message is Jesus Christ, he died for you on the cross and he raised from the dead in the third day. We have the message that nobody has. We have the message. The Buddhists, they don't have the message. The Muslims, they don't have the message. The Hindus, they don't have the message. We do have the message. And the message is Jesus Christ. So why we should stay quiet if we have the message? The message is Jesus. Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. When you see a drug, drug addict or, or, or a person there that is, is dying there in the street. And you go there and say, oh, you know what? Jesus Christ loves you. There is a name that's above all the name. And he has all the power. And this name is Jesus. So he shared, he said, I have the good news. What you were expecting, what, you, what you was promised for our ancestors, for our fathers. And it's Jesus. And it was so amazing. As I said, when I read the Bible, I, I get deep. I, I, I started to see all this story, what was happening. And the, wow. It was not just a message. Was something that really entered in their hearts. The message was so powerful, so powerful. Even he's just to say Jesus was so powerful. The Bible doesn't say how many people were there in the synagogue, but for sure it was not too many people. But the Bible says in the verse forty-four. After one week, this was one Sabbath. In the next Sabbath, the word was, the message was going everywhere. And it was not even Paul. All the people that started to, that heard that message in that day, they start to say about the message. And in the verse 44, it says, on the next Sabbath, almost the 
walled city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Come on, church. Imagine that. Only one week. It says that almost whole city came to hear the message. What was the message? Jesus Christ. He died and he raised. He was risen. The message. The whole city, they say, well, Lord, I want you to leave this. I want you to leave this. I don't want you just to... To, to, to preach, just to say a few words. I really want to preach the message. I want you to see this, what is happening here. And then they start to say, but how is this possible? How they, are, they were so effective. How, how, was, how was it possible that just two men stood among maybe 15, 20 people that were there in the synagogue. Now there was almost a whole city there to try to hear them. They were so effective in what they were, of the message that they were sharing. And this is what I want you to pay close attention. It's something that I saw, I, I, I perceived, let me say, I perceived in my own life that we, we start to miss as a church. From the beginning of my, when I came to Christ, I saw great things. But you know what? I started to get deep in the word. I started to get deep in the word. I started to, to try to. Uh, learning more and the, uh, as you say, like the past three years, I was so deep, like in the leadership and the, uh, and the John Maxwell and the, the guys around the John Maxwell and the, my words was pure human wisdom. It was a good word. But was just knowledge, things that I was learning. Is, it, is this bad? No, it's not bad. But I see in the life of Paul. Paul, when he says about himself. For example, he says in Philippians, about himself. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 to 7. He says, though I myself have reasons for such a confidence. If someone else thinks... They have reason to put confidence in the flesh. I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What I'm trying to say here, I started to see again. I say how he was, he, the message was simple and how he was so effective. Then I, 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 I go back to the beginning of the chapter 13 of Acts. Remember we read Acts 13 verse, uh, I think, uh, uh, 13 to 15. But if you go back in the beginning, the verse 1, Acts 13 verse 1, you'll see how it started. The verse 1 says, Paul and his companions, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I'll go back here. Verse 1, now in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. 
Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, or Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up to, with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, repeat, repeat after me, the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit were there. And the Holy Spirit is saying, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Went down to Seleucia and they sailed from there to Cyprus. Skip to the verse 9. Then it says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. So here we started to see why his message was so effective. Because it was not just a message that was coming like with human wisdom. But he had somebody to back up his message. Here it says that... Everything begins with the Holy Spirit setting them apart. Then he, they were, the Holy Spirit sent them out. And it says that the, he continued to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When I arrived here in the morning, now in the evening, I felt and I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit very strong in this place. The Holy Spirit is going to do something that you never imagined before. He's going to do something in your life that you are going to be amazed. He's setting apart people here. He's choosing people here. He's choosing, he's choosing you to do something amazing. But we cannot think in our, in our ability if we can do it or if we can do it. If the Holy Spirit is setting us apart... He's going he's gonna to help us on the way. He's going to help us in whatever we have to do it. When the Holy Spirit, when, when, when I felt to go to India, imagine, I'm, I'm Brazilian. And when I speak with the Americans or people from Europe, they say, why a Brazilian went to India? In your country, you have a lot. You need, you need Jesus there too. Why you go to India? doesn't matter. Every, everywhere we need Jesus. If the Holy Spirit is telling for you to go to India, go to India. Right? I was watching TV. And then I saw like the gurus doing it. This was in 1996. I was maybe five years old in that time. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I was watching and I was watching these gurus. There was one that just, uh, he passed away a few years ago. His name was Sai Baba. And he was doing amazing miracles. And I was looking there and I was looking, all these people following him. And as I said, I didn't know anything about missions. I didn't know anything about India. I just speak the heavenly language, Portuguese. I didn't know anything. And they're watching this and then I hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, I'm going to take you to that place to show that there is only one God. I believe it. 
I believe that the Holy Spirit was setting me apart to do something amazing. I start to tell for the people, the people start to laugh at me. The people start to say to me, I'm not saying the people from the world, because the world, they don't care. I'm saying the believers. They were telling to me, say, you want to go to India? I say, yes, I, I, I don't want, I will go to India. And they start to laugh and say, do you speak English? They say, no. Do you know the culture in India? No. Do you know something about India? No. Do you have money to go? No. So how, how will you go? Listen, I, I, I was telling to them, I said, listen, I don't know the language. I don't have the money. I don't know the culture. I don't know the place. But you know, I know one thing. If the Holy Spirit is set me apart, He's going to make me able to learn the language. He's going to give me the money. He's going to teach the culture. He's going he's to do everything. I just need to trust Him. So he's, he set me apart. Then he, it says that the Holy Spirit sent them out. And this is something interesting here. When the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Some people, they get rebellious and they say, well, pastor, I know that God, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I need you to start my own church. And if you don't send me out, I, I will go and I will start and they will go. But you know what? The Holy Spirit will do everything in order. Even though that the pastor of the congregation that I was attending, he didn't believe in that. He didn't believe in the mission. It was a time that God worked in my life and God worked in the life of this pastor. I didn't leave the church and I didn't go to India by my own. I wait to the Holy Spirit to speak with my leader. And he spoke with my leader. They started to understand. And the church sent me. You see, here the church of Antioch, they sent them. Of course, they were backed up by the Holy Spirit. But there is an order in the church. And I know that God is going to raise the people here. God is going to raise. I say, you are going to do things that you never imagined in your life. Are you ready, guys? God is going to use you. God is going to use you. Maybe you say, but me? How? I, I'm from this town. Who knows about this town? Uh, this town is not, you know... Um, I believed. So the Holy Spirit sent me. But there is one thing here that is very important. In the verse 9 it says that Saul, now Paul, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. What that means. We sometimes we have an experience with the Holy Spirit. Maybe something amazing with, happened with us, somebody prayed for us, we, we fell in the Holy Spirit, we started to speak in tongues, something happened here, and we go home, and everything disappeared. The presence of the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, is not just an experience inside of the church. It's something that is continued, that we need to live continue in your life. 
When we go to school, when we go to our work, when we go to travel, wherever we go, we need to know that the Holy Spirit is in us, that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and that we can do amazing things there. The Bible says, in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my Spirit. And the young, the youth, they are going to prophesy. You know what? This is not only to prophesy in the church. Imagine you, you arrive in your school, and then the, the Holy Spirit will come over you and say, you know what, teacher? This is happening in your life, this and this and this. And you know what? You come to your work and this and this and this is happening. And you are walking the streets and this is this is happening. God wants to use us, not inside of the church, but there outside where there is a need. That's the why we need it to be continued, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just experience here in the church, but we need to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul didn't experience that only Antioch, but he left it there. And it says he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was there. He was moved by the Holy Spirit. Then it says, remember, he, he had a message. And he said, I, I cannot believe, I cannot trust in my own Human wisdom. As I say, we can fall in this trap. I felt in this trap and they didn't perceive. I get so deep and say, say wow, I, I, I can study, I can know, I can learn. But you know what? Maybe I was not being effective. Then I, I, I see the Apostle Paul. <laughs> Listen here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 1 says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom. As I proclaimed to you the testimony, the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This is the message. Verse 3. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. He said, I didn't come to you just with an eloquent word. I didn't come to you with a wisdom, a human wisdom. Just say, wow, he speaks well. Wow, look the word, how he says the word. But he said, you know what? I left all that thing behind. And I, I come to you, not with the... Any message. But I come with you. My message and my preaching. Was with demonstration. Of the Spirit's power. This is what the church needs in our days. This is what the real church. The church needs to raise up. When I say the church. I'm not saying here the pastor. I say the church needs to raise up. With the demonstration of power. The Holy Spirit He's, he's here. He's here. And you know what? When, when we receive, when we are set apart, when the Holy Spirit sent us out and we felt that we are walking the streets, we are walking the place where there is only uh, people that use drugs, drug, drug addicts, uh, 
prostitutes or you know what in that place when you are walking with the Holy Spirit moved by the Holy Spirit to have the power to demonstrate with the Holy Spirit there they say you know what I came to bring the word and the word is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ can make you free Jesus Christ can do something amazing in your life and you really believe that something amazing can happen how can I explain this to you better I don't know how long time. Don't, don't, do not look in your watch, please. I don't know how long time I had. But Pastor Ray was so, uh, so graceful. Like he, I, I don't know even how to, to thank him. I asked for him before I preach. I say, Apostle Ray, how long time do I need to preach? Or he say, do not worry about time. You preach as long as you want. Seven third, everybody leaves the church. But you continue preaching. Do not stop. And how can I explain this for you? I have the message, but how can I deliver the message? Imagine you who looks Muslim here. Let me see who is look look looks like Muslim. Nobody. I I I, I just came in from Jordan. It's very interesting. I just came in from Jordan, Israel. I'm crossing to Jordan. Everybody starts speaking Arabic with me. I just know two words or three or four words. Salam alaikum. And I pass and I start to speak with them. Then they, they think that I'm Arabic. And they try to speak Arabic with me. When I cross back to Israel, they start to, to speak Hebrew with me. They think that I'm Jew. And they, I just say, Shalom, Laila Tov. Or uh, I don't know much. I say, well. So I walk in this place. So imagine I... I I'm going there to Saudi Arabia. I have the message. But I cannot preach there like so openly. So I'll make a friend. So let's imagine that the, uh, Pastor Fernando is it's from Saudi Arabia. Salam alaikum. Okay. So we, we make a friendship. And the, I, I say, wow, I like this guy. I need to preach for him. I have the message. After a couple of months, I... Uh, he's trusting me, and he say, wow, I need to tell something. I need to tell you something. I say, yes, please tell me. I say, you know, I get the Bible, a big Bible. Pastor, Pastor Ray has a big Bible. I say, you, Jesus, you can cast out any demon with this Bible. It's heavy. It's really heavy. So I get his Bible. I borrow his Bible. I, I borrow his Bible, and big one. You know, like the Catholic Church, like the, the Catholic, like the, those, like, okay. There is a cross there. There's, oh, I'm sorry. I'm telling everything. No, 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 no. So I get this Bible. And I go to him and say, I open the Bible. John chapter 3, verse 16. And I read the verse. And I say, you know what? Jesus loves you. And Jesus and Jesus. And uh, you need to give your life to Jesus. You know what she's going to tell me? I don't care about your Bible. I don't believe in your Bible. I have the Quran. The Hindus, they have the Sanskrit. Every religion, they have their holy book. So how are you going to deliver the message? I was in India. I was invited to go to one home. We had a meeting. Right now we have around 130 churches in north of India. 
And the, we, like a meeting that you saw in the video, I do this when we go, like in a trip, I rented one place that is secure, and they brought some people from our church to, to this place. And the one woman, she came, somebody invited this woman, she came in, in the meeting, and she said, wow, uh, a pastor, uh, she didn't call him pastor, she said, uh, mister, uncle, uh, can, can you, because with, with respect, he said, can you come to my home and to say what you are saying here? I said, yes. So I went to her house after three, five days. It was a long way, like it was four hours by car. When I arrived there, there were around maybe 40 people in the house. Everybody sat on the floor. And when I entered in the house, there was full of uh, the idols or uh, pictures of the, 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 the gods of the, Hindu, the Hinduism. And when I arrived there, one of my disciples, the local pastors there, he, talked, he spoke to the woman and said, hey, how, how the pastor is going to speak here and all these things here. And the woman, she went there, she was innocent. She went there and she was going to start to remove all these gods. And said, no, 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 leave there. Leave there. Do not worry about that. And then I start my message like Jesus say, can you explain me all these gods? And they start to talk to me. And they say, well, I say, what God is that? They say, well, that is Shiva. What is Shiva? It's God of destruction. Why do you pray? And they start to tell for me the name of each God that was there on the wall. They spoke one by one. And they say, well, I want to present to you another God. I don't know how many of you heard about Jesus. And for the, for, from the 40 people, maybe three people heard about Jesus. This was five years ago. So I start to tell the message. I start to tell about Jesus Christ. I start to tell how Jesus loved us. And I, I, I share about Jesus. When I finish preaching, I say, how many of you want to uh, give up or want to uh, leave all these gods and give your life to Jesus Christ, worship only Jesus Christ? What do you think that happened? Who believes that everybody gave their life to Jesus? Raise your hands. Okay, a few. How many of you believe that nobody raised their hands? Raise your hands. The rest didn't believe anything? <laughs> Come on, are you with me? My English is okay? Nobody, nobody, nobody raised their hands. They say, how am I going to... Uh, I'm going to live with all my 33 million gods to worship the only one. I say, no problem. Can I pray for you? Okay. When I start to pray. I didn't went there and start to lay my hands. Nothing. They were there sitting. When I start to pray, they start to get demonized or fell by demon possessed. And it was strong. And one start to beat another. And something like, you know, I don't know if you have, if you... If you already saw some demon possessed, they like to shout, they like to beat, they like to do, like they, they like to call the attention. And they were there and they, I was there just uh, watching. <laughs> and this time nobody was with their eyes closed. They were looking at me. And they say, look to me everybody. Then everybody look to me and say, I will prove it to you today. That this 
Because some of these demons were naming the, the name of those gods of the Hindus. And I say, I'm going to prove it for you today that these are not gods but demons. And there is only one God that is Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, get out of this body now. In the name of Jesus, get out of this body now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. When all was over, I say, how many of you want to leave all these gods and to give your life to Jesus Christ? Everybody raised their hands. Because my word was not with a word, with a persuasive word, but with demonstration of power. Can I, can I say one more, one more story? One more. I was in Lebanon. First time in Lebanon. You know, Lebanon is a uh, border with Israel. It's the Hezbollah is there. And the, a lot of conflict is, is happening in this area. A very Muslim area. For you to have an idea, I cannot even speak the name of Israel, not Jesus, Israel. If I, if I say the name of Israel in Lebanon, and any police or officer, they hear me saying the word Israel, I go to jail. And I was there preaching. And in one night, the church that I was going, I was, I was preaching there, they invited some people. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know who was Muslim, who was Christian. I didn't know. And so I, I preached, and after the message, I made, it, I, I made it the, water, uh, the altar call. Some people came to the altar. I started to pray for the people. I didn't know anybody. I just started to put my hands, lay my hands, and the people started to, to follow Islam in the spirit. And the, well, it was amazing. I didn't know what happened. Then after two days, I was in north of Lebanon. After two days, I needed to go back home. So the pastor started to travel me back from, from the north to Beirut, to the capital, for me to get my flights. And when I was on the way, like it was one hour and a half a trip, when we were like in midway, one guy called the pastor. He said, that man that you was preaching in your church, is he still there? He said, yes. And the, the, the pastor said, this is a Muslim guy. That he was in the meeting. And the, I said, what happened? And the guy started to say, I don't know what happened. I don't know, but something happened in that night. I want you to tell to this pastor that I had uh, brain cancer. And when he laid his hand on me, I don't know what, ha what happened. I lost all my strength. I fell, down, I fell on the floor. And I, I thought that something was going to be bad in my life. I went to the doctor. And I'm healed. And I want to serve the God that you serve. I want to have this Jesus. Put your hands together, church. Why? Because our message is not just a message with a human wisdom. But we need to be backed up. We need to have the Holy Spirit in our life. And you know what? We For so long, we are, ne we are neglecting the Holy Spirit in our life. But no more, church. It's time for us to raise. There is a people outside that they are saying, is there anybody with a word of encouragement? Is there anybody in the church that have the, has the word of encouragement? And we do have, and we need to raise up. And you say, yes, we do have. And they are saying, please speak. And we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Please stand in your feet. Where is my good friend from there? Everybody close your eyes.
just for a minute to close your eyes. And in this moment, the Holy Spirit is going to pass a move in your mind, showing all the life that is passing through you, that they're crying out for a message. Friends from the work, colleagues, family, friends from the school. You're going to see now a move coming to your mind. The people that is passing through you. And these people, they're crying out and they say, do you have a word of encouragement? Do you have a word of encouragement? The Holy Spirit tonight, He's setting apart people here. He wants to send you out. And He wants you to be filled with His presence. speaking with you now, if the Holy Spirit is speaking with you now you are the messenger you are the messenger the messenger is not important if you don't have a message but you are, you are the messenger and if the Holy Spirit is talking to you I want to pray for you I want to lay my hands over you. And if you know that God is speaking with you and say, I am this person, I have the message, and I want to deliver this message. But I need the presence, I need the Holy Spirit, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to invite you to come quickly. I want to invite you to come to the altar. Come to the altar. to wait long, come to the altar if God speaks with you, if you have the message come, come, come you are going to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit as never before in your life I woke up this morning I woke up 2am and it's not just because I was jet lagged the Holy Spirit was, was moving in me from 2 a.m. till the first service. I was praying. I was in His presence. I was worshiping Him because I knew that something amazing was going to happen. And it started to happen in the first service. We, we, we felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And He's still here. He's here. But this is not going to be just an experience for today. This is going to be a life experience. Maybe you don't know, but maybe you are here and the Holy Spirit is going to send you around the world to change the world. Maybe God's going to send you here in Beckley to change this city, to this state, to the United States. You have the message. Do not, do not stay quiet anymore. Do not stay quiet anymore because you do have the message.